I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. In anybody else's hands, this is a microphone. In my hands, it's a pipe bomb. I have a dream. That's all I need. Hey, what is going on, guys? And thank you all very much for joining me here live on the Pardon the Pipe Bomb. I really butchered that, but I really don't give a shit. Uh, this is episode number 14 on the PTP show. And Monday Night Raw fell flat on their faces uh, with having Vince McMahon back there. You could tell he definitely had some free time and he didn't mind uh, stepping in as the leader for Monday Night Raw. Uh, and he definitely made his presence known on SmackDown as well via Skype. I shit you not. <laughs> He just figured out Skype, so he's going to fucking run with it right now. But Monday Night Raw was horrible. Tuesday Night SmackDown Live was horrible. And only two two good things came out from Monday Night Raw. And maybe one or two things came... Like, shit was good from SmackDown Live as well. I mean... What do you want me to say? Uh, I mean, I'm not being a WWE hater. I love WWE, but this week was not a good week for uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, known as WWE. That is for fucking sure. And thank you all very much for joining me again right here on episode four, episode number 14. I really can't talk right now, and I do got to apologize. I really don't feel good. I am... Believe it or not, hungover as fuck. <laughs> I feel like I'm either hungover or, or uh, you know, I'm just tired as hell. But uh, <laughs> I came and speak. It's just, it's been a rough day. Uh, last night I went out with a girl after work and uh, like I got out of work at a relatively good time. And for, uh, if you guys know Buffalo Wild Wings, it's boneless Tuesdays, buy one, get one free. So I had my ass handed to me and I definitely needed a drink, but a female texts me. She's like, Hey, uh, what are you doing tonight? I said, Oh, you know, I mean, I'm probably just going to go home and maybe like have a drink or two and then go just pass out. And she's all like, well, you should definitely have a, like a drink with me. And I said, Oh really? Hmm. Well, I can have one. <laughs> so meet up with her. We drive to my house. We pregame a little bit and have a couple drinks beforehand and we go to the bar and you know like when you pregame and you like try to take shots after shots after shots so you don't have to spend that much money well my problem uh, i took so many shots then and all of a sudden uh it all hit me when i was sitting at the bar and i know going out on a tuesday night what the fuck are you doing <laughs> with your life but if you understand what i went through yesterday you would fucking know and you would actually have a fucking drink as well <laughs> but uh and then so after the night was over it's around maybe 1 30 we get back to my place and um we get into bed this bitch was on her period <laughs> i shit you not i was like you gotta be kidding me <laughs> my luck i swear my luck whatever but Anyways, let's get down uh, to Monday Night Raw first. Uh, it was horribly done, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, I'm going to go, like, if, if you've been listening to my podcast for um, for some time now, basically what I have created, I've just, I'm just going to go over five points and 
from Monday Night Raw and at least five points from uh, Tuesday Night SmackDown. If there are five points, I mean, like this week, uh, there's only four points for, for uh, no, not Friday Night SmackDown, Tuesday Night SmackDown. So, I mean... Bear with me, but that's what I'm going to be doing for now on. Uh, but before I go into Raw, uh, I do uh, have a Twitter account, if you guys don't know. Uh, it's PC underscore Flemio 814 If you want to follow me on there, I'm at 175 followers, guys. I'm getting up there. Just maybe two weeks ago, I was only at 110. I'm getting up there, baby. Slowly but surely. And also, if you like what you hear so far on my podcast, please hit that subscribe button. And if you want, leave me a negative five-star review. Enough with the plugins. Monday Night Raw. So, with Monday Night Raw, I mean, I love Sasha Banks. If you guys know me, biggest crush on Sasha Banks. If I could just... My one wish, if I could have five minutes... No, just close on, get your mind out of the cutter. I would just love to have just a little conversation. Just why you left and went on a hiatus with WWE. What was going through your head? Were you unhappy? Are the reports true? I mean, and plus, I would just love to be in the same presence as her. (laughs) But anyways, Sasha Banks, she cut a good... No, she cut a great promo. I mean... It could have been good. I'm I'm like all over all over the place with this. I mean, the the right motive was there. The reasons for her to come out were there, and the way that she went on to the promo, trying to do like a pipe bomb segment of herself. Now, listen, everybody on Twitter wants to say that uh, Sasha Banks did a pipe bomb of herself. This was no pipe bomb. The only, and I said this when people were saying this about Kevin Owens, this wasn't a pipe bomb. This was a scripted promo. She didn't go off the hinges. CM Punk went off the hinges, okay? That's a pipe bomb. Broke the fourth wall and everything. And Sasha Banks, she did go into the rumors that's outside of WWE of, of her crying on the ground. Yep, that's true. And her leaving WWE, you're damn right that I did her words obviously since she said that this was scripted and if that didn't give it away what should have gave it away was her acting skills now i'm a huge huge sasha banks fan but with her way and the way that she did the promo on monday night you could just tell that she was just looking into the one main camera the whole time if you look at great promos and i'm going to go back to to john cena Whenever John Cena cut a good promo, hell, even Seth Rollins, when Seth Rollins will do a promo, you see him interact with everybody. He'll look at every fan, he'll look at every camera, because he knows what he's doing. He he knows how to go about the way that WWE wants to have him go about. Now with Sasha Banks, you like I just knew something was missing, and I knew that when she was out there, I could just tell that this was wholly scripted. And, I mean, it was a good promo, don't get me wrong, but it it just, it felt scripted, and I didn't really like the way that she was looking at the camera, and it just sounded not not believable. I, 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 hate, I hate saying it, I really do, but, and plus, that's public speaking 101 right there. Make eye contact with everybody. 
Like when I was up there with like in my public public speaking class, you had to make eye contact with everybody. Don't look at your notes, make eye contact with everybody and know what you're reading. Sasha Banks, on the other hand, didn't, okay? But that's just my opinion. But as she was going on with the promo, Natalia came out, well, actually ran out, and she had to ruin the moment for Sasha Banks. And making the whole promo horribly done. She was acting like she was going into why she gone like gone too far with uh, like Natalia and why she had that WWE hiatus and why she was gone for four months but it could have been a lot better so WWE's heart was in the right place with this but it just didn't they didn't even get uh, a foul ball out of it <laughs> so but with this brawl that that happened with Natalia uh, it was pitiful this was not even considered to be a brawl. It was just two girls fighting over the last fucking captain of the football team. And, like, this wasn't genuine. I didn't feel that this was uh, sincere. So, these two top performers, um, f- to have a brawl like that was pitiful. WWE is sitting on a gold mine here, all right? With Sasha Banks, with... The way that she came back, they could have struck gold with this, but they ruined the ball with this, and um, you know they could have brought the backstage heat and make it believable and bring reality into play. I mean, we all love reality TV shows. We all love Jersey Shore. We all love the Real World, and like any other reality TV show that's on ABC, Fox, any other one. <laughs> oh, excuse me, but. WWE, for some reason, doesn't like to have reality come into play, and, you know, I don't get it. Whatever, then. But later on, uh, Sasha Banks and, uh, yeah, Natalia, they were in a match, and match wasn't all that great. I didn't watch it. <laughs> I watched maybe the first five minutes, and then I did my other shit that I wanted to do, and then I saw the last ending of it, and Sasha Banks, she won, obviously, but... I thought maybe since they were still having her and Natalia, I thought maybe they were going to have a match at Class of Champions and saving the match between Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, but I guess that's not the case. But after when the match was over, when Sasha Banks won, she was still attacking Natalia and making her still a true top heel in the women's division. The other point that I want to make from Monday Night Raw... Monday Night Raw is, um, well, no, actually, the King of the Ring on both SmackDown and Raw. These matches are fantastic. Ricochet and Drew McIntyre had a fantastic match. Again, another King of the Ring match in the books and another shocking win, I might add. But also, another great match from King of the Ring. I give WWE kudos because this... Every match, maybe besides two of them so far, every match so far that is with the King of the Ring has brought their A-game. And I actually enjoyed this match. Even though that Ricochet won, I just don't believe it. I thought maybe they would come to their senses and have Drew McIntyre be in the finals, but I guess not. Ricochet, he won. And my bracket is busted now. (laughs) 
But these two studs had a great, fantastic match. And I really wanted Drew to win, but I guess WWE has other things in plan and uh, like things change every now and then. And another great King of the Ring match was with Baron Corbin and The Miz. This surprised me, okay? All of you know, too, I hate Baron Corbin. I hate Baron Corbin. Don't know why. Just never liked him. But I don't know what's going on with me. Maybe it's just because I'm hungover as hell. And when I watched Raw and SmackDown today, I have a change of heart. But Baron Corbin, he won this match now. He won the match between The Miz and he kicked out a skull-crushing finale by The Miz. So that's kind of a huge thing that that, um, Baron Corbin kicked out of that. And from what it looks like, Karen look that Corbin looks like he's going to be on course to win King of the Ring tournament, making an unpredictable win for Ricochet against Drew was a nice surprise. Like I said, I didn't agree with it. So as fans, we really don't know when, like we really don't know what WWE is going to be doing while Vince is still having his hand in the pot. So plans could change, but I truly think that Baron Corbin is going to win this. But he is the guy to win this at the same time. After the match was over, he went up to the King of the Ring, like, you know, um, like the chair of it, and took the microphone, and he cut a great promo. And after when he did the promo, I'm like, fuck, I can get behind this. I don't know what the hell is wrong with me, but I can get behind it. But he... Out of everyone that has won the uh, like their matches in the King of the Ring so far, Baron Corbin is the guy to win this. A heel has to win it now after the promo that he did. And the match between he, like him and The Miz, which, to me, it was surprisingly good. I wasn't expecting much out of it. And with Baron Corbin running with it, and when he won, the crowd actually hates him. It's not that hate that Shane McMahon gets. It's an actual, genuine, true heel heat. And as far as you all know, it's very hard nowadays to actually get true heel heat in WWE. So, I wanted to add that. I can't believe that I want Baron Corbin to win uh, the King of the Ring tournament now, but I want him to win it. I think he's the guy. He's the next guy for a push. And a reason to have a push is for him to win King of the Ring. And, you know, maybe he'll get a title shot. Hey, who knows? Moving on. Now, what I really want to get into, just this turmoil tag team match. Now, like, before I even get into this turmoil tag team match... I want to go on record and say from a report that I heard, I forget where I hear it or heard it, but I know from a very reliable source that this tag team turmoil match or like basically a a tag team gauntlet match wasn't even planned up until 5.36 o'clock on Monday night. Apparently... There was just supposed to be a 
tag team type of match uh, that involved the Viking Raiders and some jump of a team, like some indie team, and another one between, uh, like another tag team match between like people who actually are on Monday Night Raw. And whoever won those two matches, then they would have faced each other and then they would have fought for um, the number one contendership for the Raw Tag Team Championships. So with that being said, that they scrapped that idea, this turmoil tag team match that happened on Monday Night Raw, what the fuck is this? I mean, in a sense, the idea is good and different. But this wasn't even supposed to happen. It was WrestleTalk that reported this. I, I remember now. And the Viking Raiders, they should have won this. And it should have been Viking Raiders and um, um, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman at Clash of Champions. But whatever, I digress. But the Viking Raiders, they did open this up. And they defeated the B team, which they should have. Absolutely. Match was stupid, but whatever. Let's move on. Let's get the other uh, a tag team out there. Then comes out the OC. I truly thought they were going to destroy them as well because for some reason, uh, they signed that contract. They got the uh, Raw Tag Team Champions. They're feeling good. Then all of a sudden, now they're getting buried. So I really thought that the Viking Raiders were going to uh, truly destroy them. But oh, no, 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 no. WWE quickly laughed at us and I thought this match would have been something good but the moment they started brawling everywhere and then it looked like that the referee couldn't control it I said you gotta be shitting me this is gonna be a double DQ isn't it the moment I said that like maybe 15 seconds later the ref called it and did a double DQ for not having control of the match and boy I wasn't wrong this makes the OC look completely stupid I'm not talking about their character. I'm talking about Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Makes them, as people, look stupid. And I didn't even want to have them in, like, another title shot. They're losers. Their characters are losers. So, in my case, what I'm trying to think of, with them attacking the Viking Raiders... And not even starting the match. Obviously, WWE wants to protect both of them, both of those teams. But if I think about it, as characters, the OC were so frustrated that they lost the Raw Tag Team Champion, so they took out their frustration against the Viking Raiders. That's what I got out of this. This, after when all this happened, when they all got DQ'd, so that's probably going to be like. Uh, a tag team championship match in the future. Guarantee it. So, this opened the door for Michael Cole to say, here comes some new tag teams here. And a tag team that is formed of, where have you been, Bobby Roode, or Robert Roode, I guess, and fucking Dolph Ziggler. Obviously, they're going to take on a tag team that no one really cares about, including me. I fucking hate this tag team that I'm about to pronounce. The Lucha House Party comes out. So it's going to be Robert Roode and newly formed of him and Dolph Ziggler taking on the Lucha House Party. Now, take it for granted. I think Dolph Ziggler and 
Rude could be a great team. When I was watching this, I was like, you know what? They could be actually a good team. I could see it. I think that they can have good in-ring chemistry and good in-ring awareness for one another. But the way that WWE did it is just, what the fuck? It's shitting on the tag team division. Why are you even going to have Authors of Pain come up? Why are you going to have Heavy Machinery come up? Why are you going to have um, soon probably DIY coming up? Why are you going to have the uh, the War Raiders come up and do absolutely nothing? When the, war, when the Viking Raiders came out, they were like, how do I say this? Basically, the crowd didn't give a shit about the Viking Raiders. They came out to crickets. Whose fault is that? WWE's. Because Vince McMahon, he doesn't give a shit about the tag team division. That's the whole reason why I like NXT. Tag team division is so much fun to watch. So unpredictable. You could do so much more with the tag team like division. But apparently to WWE, being creative and creating a storyline is like rocket science. It's so e- like it's so easy. Me, you, or anyone else that's that's listening to my podcast right now, we could easily create a storyline and be ten times better than WWE. All right. Anyways, Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, of course, they defeated uh, the Lucha House Party in ultimate uh, dominating fashion. So, with them. Beating um, uh, with Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler defeating uh, the Lucha House Party. Who uh, who else came out? I don't remember who came out. I think it was somebody else. Um, give me one second. I don't even remember who. Oh yeah, no, I remember now. It was Zack Ryder and uh, Hawkins that came out. Now again, with them, with Kurt Hawkins and. Uh, Zack Ryder coming out. This is just pure lazy. Pure laziness and absolutely pathetic. Uh, like, Of course Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode are going to beat them. At first, when Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, when they came out, I said, okay, well, there's another win for them. Like, you could have had AOP out there. Like, where the fuck have they been? WWE thinks that we're absolutely retarded. Whatever. I guess that they want to create their own tag teams. (sighs) Alright. Anyways. Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. They won this match as well. So I'm thinking, okay, last team coming out. Who's it going to be? And I'm trying to think of somebody on Raw. And here comes Heavy Machinery. I thought they were on SmackDown. I, like, October 3rd can't come soon enough, guys. And I cannot wait to have reviews for AEW and actually enjoy a product that actually makes fucking sense. Don't get me wrong. I love heavy. (laughs) I love heavy machinery. I love them. I love their characters. It's so much fun to watch them. But with them coming out, I thought, all right, this is the team that's going to face... Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. Oh, I was quickly I was quickly mistaken. Your new formation of uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler win this whole thing, and they're going to be facing another team that was just put together in Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman. I like <laughs> this whole thing was an abomination. 
People want to get angry with, oh, there were tag teams that were thrown together and they were great. That's not the point. The point is, is that WWE doesn't even care about the division. Okay, like, say this. Say if me and you were going into the indies and we're like, all right, we're going to be a tag team. Cool. And we blow it up in the indies, all right? And we're always together. And we make our ways, uh, let's just say, to Ohio Valley Wrestling. Or, actually, no, now that's NXT. But let's just say we go to uh, uh, a Ring of Honor. Or we go to Impact. And then we get noticed as probably one of the greatest tag team divisions until uh, 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 the Young Bucks. And the WWE, they give us a call. They want to sign us. We start in NXT. We're still a tag team. And once we get to... WWE, we don't do anything. And we'll try to do something, and then WWE comes up to us and say, hey, um, uh, 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 Jordan, we're going to have you turn on him tonight. What? That's literally what WWE is. And the point that I'm making here is that, yeah, there's tag teams that were formed in WWE and, you know, just randomly put together. A good example is Cesaro and Sheamus. Yeah, but that had a storyline behind it, why that they're together. This had no reason, made zero sense. So don't try to say that and try to justify your point. Absolutely zero sense to have Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode together, other than because, just like, I I can hear Vince McMahon in the back. Well, Bobby, uh, you know, you and Dolph aren't doing anything, so... Oh, wait a minute. I have a great idea. Let's put you two together. You're a new tag team. And you're going to get a number one contendership match. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck off. Like, I, I... If I didn't feel so shitty right now, I would go into much greater detail. But I feel like absolute shit right now. And I don't even want to try to give my energy to this frustrating type of topic. Another good point from Monday Night Raw, though. Uh, You have Braun Strowman getting a huge push, to be honest. And to be honest with you, I don't know where the fuck it's coming from. Didn't WWE try this already with Braun Strowman? I'm pretty sure that I already talked about this. Pretty sure that they already tried Braun Strowman to have um, the huge spotlight on him. The only reason why that they're doing this is because they don't want him just sitting around in the back. I would much rather have him and AJ Styles fighting over the United States Championship match at Clash of Champions. Not Seth Rollins. And not have uh, this whole storyline of him and Seth Rollins be tag team champions and going into Clash of Champions, defending it twice, and both of them having two matches that night. It's just going to be an overload. I'm over Braun Strowman. I'm over big-time wrestlers. All that he can do is run around the ring like an idiot and do his power slam and then that's it. Nothing else is so special about Braun Strowman. I mean, I seen him in person one time. I was serving and he came and, dude, he's a big motherfucker. You don't want to fuck with him. But there's nothing else that's special about Braun Strowman. If I could talk to somebody in person and ask him, what do you like about Braun Strowman? 
besides maybe like from the ages of uh, you know maybe 21 and up I'll ask like somebody what do you find in Braun Strowman that you like so much better than I don't know let's say uh, a Buddy Murphy or Mustafa Ali or uh, Cedric Alexander or uh, I know I'm naming off a bunch of 205 guys but <laughs> or um uh, like fuck who else um, uh, Dean Ambrose or um, I don't know but he's loved I don't know why anyways Braun Strowman once more fought off uh, AJ Styles for the United States Championship match uh, at the end of Monday Night Raw and of course uh, well the OC and Seth Rollins were banned from ringside but everyone knew that Seth Rollins was in Hawaii with uh, his newly beloved uh, wife to be uh, Becky Lynch I forget what her real name is but uh but after the uh, referee went down, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson found their way to the to the ring and stormed into the ring. And the official caught Braun Strowman with the steel chair and disqualified him. I mean, but the whole time uh, they were attacking Braun Strowman with the chair. And uh, finally, when the ref came to, uh, Braun Strowman was the one that had the chair on there. And you can hear the referee screaming, I heard the chair shots. And... Then he just disqualified him from the match. After the match, though, Strowman took out everyone all on his own. It was another telling sign that even the trio can't handle Braun Strowman, and it looks like that Braun Strowman could easily beat AJ Styles, even with uh, the OC to back AJ Styles up. I mean, if this pays off, uh, Braun Strowman with another championship light victory would be great for his character. Yeah, it would. But it feels more like uh, that that it's just falling short with something. WWE is just pushing him down our throats. And this is too early in the run of the OC to be manhandled like this. I think that the OC... When they signed those contracts, I think that... And I th- thought that they probably were thinking that you know, we're going to be taken seriously, and they were for a second, for a hot minute, but they didn't let the ball roll at all, and they just are now burying the OC and making the OC look like a complete joke. It would be best for AJ Styles uh, to have a new, like, rival with someone else, because it, like, with them, with Braun Strowman, it's making the whole OC look completely weak. And for Braun Strowman, yeah, he's a big guy, but as his character has been, like, developed, I guess, he hasn't won a World Heavyweight Championship or the Universal Championship title at all. So his character still is, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. He's just a big guy. But, like, I don't know. Like, like what do I know? But at the very least, the United States champion could get a new rival with Cedric Alexander, though. I mean, Cedric Alexander is building some momentum as of late. And with Cesaro now going to probably NXT UK, there's really not another mid-card type of wrestler that could challenge uh, AJ Styles for the United States Championship match. But with this wildcard rule, I don't know, maybe somebody from SmackDown can do it. And uh, as a true heel... AJ Styles needs to stay as a heel because I think he plays it off so much better than a babyface. I just love it. But that was Monday Night Raw, and um, that was very pitiful. I was going to say the the ratings for Monday Night Raw. Uh, If you give me one second, what were they? Hmm... 
Oh my god, I hate doing this. I know SmackDown Lives, and where is Monday? There it is, okay. The Monday Night Raw TV ratings. Hour 1, 2.64 million viewers. Hour 2, 2.69 viewers. Hour 3, 2.27 viewers. Like, that is a huge drop-off. And the average viewer was, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, 2.53 million viewers. That was um, the average viewers for Monday Night Raw. The fact that we're hearing that SmackDown Live is going to be a three-hour show is pitiful and the wrong choice. Unless if SmackDown Live does something drastically different, then maybe it will be exciting. But everyone knows about the rumors that... um, Fox isn't happy about the ratings for SmackDown, and I know that WWE is scared out of their minds right now. But with SmackDown Live, we had one good thing come out of it, though. Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali. For the fourth week in a row, Buddy Murphy has stolen the show. And that being said... Stolen the show for both SmackDown Live and Monday Night Raw. Even though he wasn't on Monday Night Raw, it doesn't even matter. He has been the MVP for four weeks in a row. Mustafa Ali and Buddy Murphy stole the show, though, for both brands this week and for the King of the Ring tournament for the first round. They've had the best match so far. Ali's victory Tuesday was a bit of a surprise given the whole, given the high profile role of Buddy Murphy as of late and which he has been enjoying in recent weeks. Ali looked to be on his way into the Intercontinental Championship feud with Shinsuke Nakamura, but like I said last week that was uh, indubitably scrapped. So the brand's creative team clearly had uh, significant plans for former Cruiserweight star. What these two have accomplished between the ropes has not only elevated their status within the company and earned them opportunities um, previously unexpected, but it has also given WWE creative confidence to find roles for other X205 Live stars because it's being reported that within the next month 205 live is not going to be any more which is kind of a shame because 205 live has been very good all in this and with all this excellent tv matches both wrestlers got the crowd behind them and the crowd was chanting this is awesome and they fulfilled the promise that these two men were going to be having and they're in the ring with great chemistry they've had history in 205 live and it showed definitely and the 205 alumni continued to deliver in a big way and every single person that's been a part of the 205 live continues to show that they belong on the main event roster and it was a very surprising to see ollie defeat buddy murphy just given how big momentum buddy murphy has had in like four or five weeks now ever since of the uh of the roman reigns uh, connections that he's been having with 
just after one week, though, was a very, just, how do I say this? Just after one week in a surprising victory over Daniel Bryan and having him lose to Ali, I wasn't a big fan of. But it makes sense, I guess. This gives him a chance to stand out through his in-ring work while Buddy Murphy can continue, hopefully, to have the momentum that he still has. With Ali being victorious over Buddy Murphy, hopefully it kind of... um, like this type of match that they both had, maybe the like the momentum can get back on the swing of things for uh, Mustafa Ali. Who knows? I am a huge fan of Mustafa Ali, and I'm even a huge fan of of Buddy Murphy. But right now, I really thought that Buddy Murphy should have gotten this win. But WWE, of course, has other plans. And for. Buddy Murphy losing, I'm hoping to God that momentum just stays with him and momentum will continue throughout uh, the weeks to come and hopefully WWE has some sort of plans for Buddy Murphy, maybe going towards the Intercontinental Championship match. That would be interesting for me to say. Don't have him like go at the top main, main event level. Get him slowly into that role because obviously he is ready. He's good on the mic. He's great in the, even better in the ring, and I think that he should get a deserving Intercontinental Champion, um, and hopefully, maybe creating some more interest for that. That's my prediction on Buddy Murphy's storyline. But after the match was over between Buddy Murphy and Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy put out his hand for mutual respect, and maybe. We're going to be seeing a uh, baby face for like Buddy Murphy. I wouldn't be totally against it, but you know, I like superstars that are in the middle. They're not baby, they're not heel, but they're just kind of on their own. And Buddy Murphy has um, really superb his role, <clears throat> and he should continue to do that. But if they're going to make him a baby face, then. Hopefully, uh, Buddy Murphy can make it work and continue his momentum that he has been doing it up with. Second most uh, important thing that happened with uh, SmackDown Live was Randy Orton opening up SmackDown Live this week and having him tell Kofi Kingston that he opened a letter. And that letter was thrown underneath his door at a hotel. And it was Kofi Kingston's son's writing to Randy Orton and basically what the letter said was to please Randy stop hurting my dad and on top of that with the revival has been representing Randy Orton as of late is nothing short of perfect and with the new formation of him and the revival is all money across the board Scott Dawson And Dash Wilder, they are stars, but because of WWE not wanting them to have any good tag teams in the tag team division, this is all good news for the the revival. They are now in a perfect situation, in a perfect position to benefit from Randy Orton and from Randy Orton's star power. Something that the third generation 
Superstar is all too familiar with. As long as WWE creative stays focused and continues to be invested into the trio long enough, hopefully, and just does not simply drop the ball like they always do, whatever they have, something great. And this is something new that is exciting. And whatever Randy Orton is a part of, he just makes it into a gold mine. And with his past stuff like Elv- yeah, like <laughs> Evolution and The Legacy, all three of those trios, uh, I mean, even though he didn't create Evolution, but that was a great thing that he was a part of and he learned a lot from. And he took it over to uh, form Legacy, which was Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase. So now with this and The Revival, hopefully... Uh, Randy Orton can elevate them and make them uh, into a team where they're taken more seriously. Even though that I take the revival very seriously, WWE fans don't really care for the re- for the re- revival or the Viking Raiders or AOP or any other tag team because WWE doesn't want to portray any tag team as serious, and that's a damn shame. But Back to Randy Orton opening up with SmackDown Live uh, with Kofi Kingston. Kofi, after when Randy Orton was reading the uh, the letter, Randy Orton was uh, just going on and saying, you know, I couldn't help but notice that we're in the same hotel room and maybe I'll just go pay Kai a visit. And after when he said that, Kofi Kingston went in the back and he knew that Randy Orton was in the back and they were attacking one another. And people were trying to break him up. Kofi was attacking Randy for the whole time. And then after Randy just got Kofi and then did his DDT on the cement, it looked fucking brutal. And after when Randy Orton did it, he was just saying, stupid, stupid. I like how they're how they're going back to their uh, roots and back to 11 years ago or 10 years ago when Kofi when Randy Orton did that to Kofi Kingston. I like that a lot. Third best thing that happened on SmackDown Live: The Miz challenges uh, Shinsuke Nakamura for the Intercontinental Championship match at the Clash of Champions. The Miz called out Sami Zayn and since Shinsuke settling for a challenge for the Intercontinental Championship match and having Sami Zayn with Shinsuke Nakamura is a good move by WWE because right now having Sami Zayn his character is nothing short of dead well it's still hard to believe that WWE has made Sami Zayn into a manager it's only a good thing for his character right now I mean he sounds As always great and free on the microphone, he's great at talking down to people. I think he's better as a heel than a babyface, in my personal opinion. Okay. And Nakamura versus The Miz should be a good match. I'm not saying that it wouldn't, but with having Sami Zayn as a type of manager role for uh, Shinsuke, Nakamura is all but good and... I mean, to make his superstar more creative, I mean, this is a good move for right now. 
I mean, it's being reported uh, by Russell Votes that I saw on Twitter that, let me see if I can get that up. Give me one second. Where? Mm-hmm. Here it is. I knew I retweeted it. According to Russell Votes, one of the ideas that they've heard when it comes to Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura storyline was decided upon was to eventually resemble that of the Jericho and Kevin Owens friendship from a few years ago. I can't believe that it's been a few few years ago. Led into a big time blow off match. However, I'd be surprised if this story lasted all the way through Mania. So it looks like that what I said last week and predicted last week that uh, Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura are a new um, alliance, but somebody's going to uh, either Sami Zayn or Shinsuke is going to turn on one another and it's going to create a big time match, probably for the Intercontinental Championship, trying to make Sami Zayn's character more relevant. So I guess that's a good thing to have for Sami Zayn's character. The Miz has been a part of the Intercontinental Championship match, and hopefully, given the Miz's history as the Intercontinental Championship way back then, maybe it'll elevate the Intercontinental Championship once again, because right now, ever since that Shinsuke Nakamura has had that title on him, everyone has forgot about the Intercontinental Champion and also Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> this is all but good news for the Intercontinental Championship, so hopefully... Um, the Miz can create some sort of relevance towards that title. The title doesn't make the superstar the super or no, the superstar doesn't make the title. The title makes the superstar. But when it comes to the class of championship between the Miz and Shinsuke Nakamura, I really hope that Shinsuke Nakamura uh, really dominates the Miz in this and kind of. Uh, surprises people. I think that's what they need to do. I think Shinsuke needs to win in dominant fashion and, you know, continue his momentum with Sami Zayn and be on TV more. And we need to see the Intercontinental Champion more on SmackDown Live, uh, only with weeks to come. And for the fourth one that I have, I have Roman Reigns addressing the, uh, uh, the attacker that was revealed with Daniel Bryan and how Roman Reigns doesn't really believe what Daniel Bryan had to say anymore and he wants to settle it in the ring. Before SmackDown Live even started, Roman Reigns opened up the night with a promise to the WWE Universe that to make a statement in the ring, like I said, Roman Reigns revealed the video of Rowan causing the first accident in a hood, like a black hood, and then all that you could see was a red beard. And with all that being said, to end the night with this promo and having Roman Reigns simply just spear Daniel Bryan after when he came down to the ring was horrible. And WWE has treated this storyline like the biggest angle in a company, yet every week it feels like it's been losing more interest and losing momentum each and every week. I mean, hey, don't get me wrong. At first, when it was starting up, I was interested in it. I had to pinch myself because I was like, I'm actually liking this Roman Reigns storyline. But after continuing to not having any logic with this storyline and losing momentum and with them reviewing who Roman, no, not Rowan, Rowan, Roman, and reviewing who Roman Reigns has, attacker has been, 
was just been losing interest in it for me. And for a lot of other fans too, I might add. But with this segment over with, nothing was accomplished. You had Daniel Bryan slapping the shit out of Rowan and calling him a liar and how he hates liars just slapping the fuck out of him. I, I got a little chuckle out of it. And... When Roman Reigns, or and then when Daniel Bryan was coming down to the ring, he was uh, screaming, "Give me a like a microphone," and saying and vowing to uh, to Roman Reigns. He had no idea. He thought that he could trust this man. He's been trusting this man for a little over a year. And Daniel Bryan came out to the ring saying, "I had nothing to do with this." And then, as Daniel Bryan entered uh, the ring. Roman Reigns speared Daniel Bryan, and that's how SmackDown Live ended. And with Daniel Bryan coming down to the ring on the microphone saying that he had no idea, he's trying to separate and trying to believe Roman Reigns that he had no idea. Obviously, this is going to be a feud to come between him and Daniel Bryan. So, I mean, from the past history, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, they've had good matches with each other. But obviously, when the Roman Reigns initiative was in full intact, uh, they had Daniel Bryan lose against Roman Reigns at, I believe it was Fast Lanes or, I don't know, Roadblock, something like that. Some corny fucking pay-per-view. Uh, and then Roman Reigns went on to WrestleMania to face uh, Brock Lesnar. So, that's all that I have for SmackDown Live. Uh, like... I mean, I'm trying to think if anything else happened on SmackDown Live, but honestly, I really can't remember anything else that happened on SmackDown Live. These, both of these shows, these were the worst two shows within the month of August, and the past couple weeks, Monday Night Raw and Tuesday Night SmackDown, they've been surprisingly good, and with this week has been a bit of a letdown, and such a shame, but with that being said... Let's go into the news because not a lot of news has come up for this week. It's been relatively quiet, but a couple things have happened and I definitely want to share them. So let's hit that news. This is breaking news from CNN or Fox or whatever. Fuck you. <laughs> I get I always get a chuckle out of that. I'm sorry. Um, okay. So, a couple things that, uh, I mean, as I'm doing my podcast right now, this is literally breaking news. Um, something that I've seen on Twitter. Uh, according to Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Wrestling, a report has come out that WWE has been in contact with Enzo Amora and Big Cast about a return to NXT. You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> I mean... I've, when, uh, obviously, I don't know what to say to this, I mean, obviously, Enzo Amora and Big Cass, when they made their debut on Monday Night Raw, uh, the night after WrestleMania, yeah, they were uh, a hot tag team, but obviously, they didn't do anything, and then they didn't mount to nothing, um, and Enzo Amora, he went off the hinges, and he went to NX, or no, he went to 205 Live, becoming uh, Cruiserweight Champion. Big Cass was uh, in a role with Daniel Bryan after his uh, injury came about, and they just fell off the wagon. And Enzo, no, and, and Big Cass was um, just in a depression. Enzo Amore was a part of uh, like a really bad thing that uh, serviced on Twitter. I'm not going to say it on my podcast. 
And so with this, if they go to NXT, good for them. I mean, hopefully uh, this is big things to come for them. But honestly, if you want my opinion, I feel that uh, this is a desperation move uh, by WWE. And having them go to NXT just says a lot about WWE. And this is... They had something great with these guys, okay? Together. And they ruined it by separating them. Because like I said in this podcast, every tag team that comes up to WWE, they just want to break them up and create a storyline like they always do for every single tag team. But whatever, I guess. Uh, Other news. Hell in a Cell match leaked. News is being reported and it has surfaced on Twitter that The Fiend will be taken on either Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman. According to the Golden One Center um, Arena, the official Twitter account where Hell and where Hell in a Cell will be taking place, they tweeted, um, "See the Fiend Bray Wyatt go up against either Seth Rollins or Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship match." So, obviously, this doesn't look good for WWE, and I know someone has to be pissed in the back there, but. Um, yeah, the Golden One Center's uh, Twitter account uh, really screwed the pooch with this. Like I said uh, in this podcast, uh, Vince McMahon wasn't at SmackDown Live as Dave Meltzer has reported, but he was there to rewrite the whole script via Skype. And that was, uh, you know, a funny thing to read when I saw that (laughs) and he did in fact rewrite the whole script at um, I believe it was 536 o'clock and had maybe two and a half hours to rewrite the whole show and that's why both Raw and Smackdown sucked because Vince McMahon had to rewrite the whole thing as I reported last week now this is a huge thing that's coming up Sasha Banks did in fact get permission by Natalia for the line for last week about um, tell your daddy I said hi and I'll see you in hell or like go to hell whatever that she said and apparently that is true that Natalia gave Sasha Banks her blessings to to say that but now as I'm seeing on Twitter I mean another breaking thing Natalia is saying no that is totally false So, obviously, I don't know who to believe, but obviously, WWE is just not really (laughs) giving much sense to it. Think about this, guys. If you have an organization as big as WWE, and for how everyone in this world is soft and how um you know oh you can't say that oh like like gender rights oh we're gonna like love wins guys like all this shit that's happening in 2019 you really think that wwe would allow sasha banks to say go to hell natty and tell your dad i said hi you really think that wwe would allow that no of course not so they allowed sasha Banks and talked to like natalia beforehand to let her say that WWE would be a complete fool if they would just not even ask Natalia 
if Sasha Banks could say that. So I don't care what Natalia says on Twitter. She definitely got permission from her and had her blessings. I don't care if Natalia was going on Twitter saying completely false. It's a, a storyline, okay? And having them go on Twitter to make it sort of like a real life situation. Maybe that's what she's trying to do and saying that the reports are false, but really they are true just to continue the storyline between her and Sasha Banks. I don't know, but I don't believe anything that Natalia is saying that that report is false. Obviously, Sasha Banks had the blessings of Natalia to say that on live TV. That's going to do it for me, guys, though. Uh, I've like This was a really uh, a boring uh, wrestling week, and both of the shows sucked, and I'm still hungover, so <laughs> I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to try to sleep this off if I still feel like shit. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow, maybe try to sweat this out of me. When you get older, guys, something happens when you turn 25 or 26, because I can't drink like I used to, so... Like I said, that's going to do it for me. If you guys enjoyed it, please give me uh, a negative five-star review. And if you like what you hear, subscribe to me on either Spotify, Google Podcasts, or even Apple Podcasts, Breaker. I have Apple Podbean, uh, just a bunch of other, uh, seven other platforms that I'm going to be going on for my podcast. But I will see you guys next week for episode number 15, and maybe I'll be having a guest with me. Hopefully, because doing this solo is very hard. That's what she said. <laughs> All right, guys. I will see you next week for episode number 15 on Pardon the Pipe Bomb. Next week, I'll talk to you guys later.